Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to one of your pre-season recordings, not a live stream this week. As always, you are joined by me, Andy, FPL Mode, and we are also joined by Praz. How is it going this week, Praz? Going very well, thank you. Today we have a very interesting topic. I mean, today has, and just to timestamp this, this is Tuesday evening as this is pre-recorded, which is the 28th of June, and it's been a fantastic day for, for new signings or rumoured new signings. So we're really looking forward to this discussion. Yeah, so we're going to be talking about, about the signings, basically. We're going to be talking about the top six teams. We're going to be talking about the transfers they have made that have definitely happened. The players are there. And we're also going to be talking about the kind of rumours as well and what impact it can have on FPL. Now, don't get me wrong. Obviously, we're going to be talking about what effect it has on the team and how the team are going to play. But we're, we're, we're thinking about FPL. We're thinking about what impact they're going to have. Can we use them in our teams? Can we have them at any point? What prices we think they're going to be? But we've only got about four minutes per team. So we're going to see how we get on. Um, Praz, as somebody that's known to be direct to the point, say everything you can in as little minutes as possible, you're going to do well tonight, aren't you? Oh, absolutely. We have lots to talk about, but we've we've kind of, like like we've done the few, last few videos, hopefully we'll be succinct and give you exactly what you need per team. Exactly. It's going to be bang on the money. So we're going to go straight to our first team, which is Arsenal. Now, Arsenal so far confirmed have bought Fabio Vieira, Marquinhos and Gabriel Jesus, who's their most recent one. They are rumoured to buy Rafinha and Lissandro Martinez. Uh, Rafinha from Leeds, Martinez from Ajax, obviously. They've sold Lacazette, they've sold Gunduzi, and they're rumoured to be selling Pepe and Maitland-Niles. Now, to me on paper, this seems like quite good business. If they can get Rafinha... Obviously, that's not going to happen now, based on the news we've heard tonight. Unfortunately, um, or, or Lissandro Martinez. I think, I think they've strengthened their team, haven't they? They have had a good window. I mean, Rafinha would, would have been nice. Now, unfortunately, it looks like he's going to Chelsea and we'll come to the Chelsea section on his implications. But look, they, their main hole was Lacazette leaving. Um, now, Inketia has renewed his contract. There was rumours that he might leave as well. So they have a nice backup and they needed it, right? They're in the Europa League. Um, but getting a Jesus type of player who, by the way, Arteta has worked with in his early days. Mm -hmm. So he knows what he's getting and he should hopefully be the guy who will do a Firmino plus role, right? I mean, he's he has been a goal scorer, but he's an extreme presser, exactly what Arteta needs. So I think the appeal FPL wise is not only Jesus, who's for the first time a nailed option for us, is also how he brings in the wingers into it with, with Saka and whoever else they sign, and if not, ESR or Martinelli. Yeah. I, I'm not completely sold on Jesus, personally, but if he comes in at 8.5, somewhere around there, I, I think it's going to be hard to look away from if Arsenal have nice fixtures at any point. And it's 8.5 million for, like you said, for a nailed player who... 
Arsenal have always had a little bit of trouble recently getting the ball in the back of the net, haven't they? And scoring more than one goal a game, things like that. And if he can be that player that puts it all together and is, and is kind of finishing off the chances, then I think fair enough. You know, if, if you want to go for someone like him, I get it. I don't think a lot of people will be starting with him. I think he'd be tough to have as that second striker, considering most of us are going for Haaland or Kane or something like that to start with. But um, he's definitely someone we can look at maybe looking forward, isn't it? Yeah, possibly. I mean, I can I can actually see some people also going for him. Structure dependent, price dependent. But I think Arsenal have their best fixtures at the beginning. It's also the time where they're not into Europa League. So it'll be the time. I almost feel like Arsenal will be the West Ham of last year from an FPL perspective. I think I think they're better as a team. But remember last season when we all had Ben Ramas and the Antonios yeah. at the beginning because they had superb fixtures. Then when Europa League came in, sort of we went with the one player which was born in and out. And yeah. I think that's how we'll settle with Arsenal as a team. Um, speaking of other players, I think Marquinhos is obviously one for the future. He's definitely an Edu signing for you know somebody who, who's Brazilian, who'll do well, good price potential as well. So not for us. And Vieira, again, I think Fabio Vieira, good signing. We've heard good things about what he's done at Portugal. But clearly, he's he's a, a deputy to Odegaard, yeah. uh, guy who played in the champ in the Europa League. Yeah, they, one thing that does worry me a little bit about their signings at the moment, and if they do, I mean, they're obviously looking for that Rafinha type of player as well. It screams rotation for me. It screams, you know, we had players that were shattered last year. Look at Smith Rowe; he looked like he was very very tired by the end of the year. It does scream to me. Yes, we are going to have to rotate these players through. Like Saka played every single game last year, didn't he, in the Premier yeah, League? So yeah. I'm looking at this and thinking it might hurt some of those players a little bit. Yeah, it, it it certainly will. And that's why they needed to actually bulk up. And this is why the Rafinha miss is a big one. Yeah. I think there's talks that they will they're going for Cody Gapo from Eindhoven. I think Leeds were prime candidates to get him but I, now that they've missed out on Rafinha, that could be a position that they would fill. I think the other one where they really lack is in center in central defense and and in defense in general mm. they don't have the depth you saw last season uh, at the end of last season when white was injured gabriel was having issues holding came in and had a terrible game do you remember that yeah, north yeah. london derby yeah, yeah i mean the guy was completely out of depth so they're linked with martinez somebody who man united are also linked with they definitely need a left-sided center back and this would be a theme you'll see with the top six teams a lot of teams need left-sided center backs uh, we'll see who they get, but uh, I think it's been a good window. They can do with a defender and another winger. Yeah, lovely stuff. Right, moving on to Chelsea. Chelsea have bought nobody officially yet, although news coming out today that it looks like they are very, very close to uh, sealing a Rafinha deal there, so that's quite a big one there. They're rumoured to be after Delict, Bastoni, um, Fafana, Nori, Kunde, uh, Sterling, Richarlison, Rafinha, Dembele, Neymar. I think we've also added um, Ake and Zinchenko under there recently too. Uh, they've sold Rudiger, Christensen and Lukaku, which I think is three big sellings in terms of their squad and, and their positions as well. And they're also rumoured to be selling Brozier, Ziyech, Azpilicueta, Pulisic, Werner, Kante, Gallagher and Alonso. So there's a lot of change at Chelsea. Obviously, Lukaku's a big big one to move because he's their big man up top that just didn't work last year. Rudiger's a massive loss in terms of what he gives their team and playing that left centre-back role as well. And they obviously haven't bought those players in. I think a lot of them were thinking players like Kunde would be coming in by now. Um, maybe a striker, although maybe it is going to be just Havertz playing up there. But it's yep. just looking a little bit thin at the moment, isn't it? It is. There's a lot of movement there. And I think this is one team that we'll have to really watch early season on what they're doing. I mean, there's rumours 
So Sterling looks likely. I think that that one we've heard. Uh, now we know Rafinha is likely. So that's a lot of wingers, a lot of people who can play left, right, forward. It just smells that they're moving to a back four. Yeah. You know, you lose your two good defenders and Christensen was fine. He wasn't the first team, but Rudiger definitely was. If they replace them with one centre-back, I think that's the four at the back team that they're kind of gravitating towards. What does that mean for, you know, the Chilwells and the James that are high on our list for FPL uh, appeal? What does that mean for a Havertz who moves up top? Maybe, you know, he, he will be in and amongst the goals, but maybe they come from the wingers who are Sterling and Rafinha. What does it mean for Mount? Mount was playing much more further forward. Will Rafinha take away set pieces? So it's definitely a team where a lot is happening. I think this is one where once the game launches... There could be some budget in it. I mean, think about if the game was launched last week, right? And Rafinha was seven million. Yeah. I think there will be value here, depending on how this team shakes out. But right now, there's a lot of open slots. Do you know what? I think if they went to a back four, I think that really hurts James and Chilwell. Don't get me wrong; they'll still get forward, but it's not those wing back roles that we want. For me, the biggest thing at the moment is the fact they're not bringing in a striker. So for me, yeah. I think Havertz—they're they're obviously going to be going for him in that false nine. Um, and if he comes in at around 8.59 million again, I think he could be absolutely brilliant value. Um, it will be interesting to see who else they get. They, they're going to buy a defender. They've got to buy yeah. a defender, really. So whether it's Kunde, whether they do get Ake and he plays that left centre-back role, whoever it is, um, I feel like they definitely need somebody. And it, Sterling is, for me, I'm, I seem to be sceptical of everybody at the moment, but I'm a bit <laughs> sceptical about Sterling. He's a great player and I do really like him. I just he's not going to be that player that we've seen at City. He's, he's not, because Chelsea aren't going to be that team that score their goals like, like City do. But wh- what do you think he might come in at? And, and do you think he'd be touching your team soon? I, if you'd asked me this question yesterday, I would have said I'm really looking forward to Sterling and actually owning him in FPL because he'd be coming in with guarantee of, of starts and he would pretty much take the mount role in terms of, you know, we'll be the guy who starts most of the games. Yeah. But he'll be way more expensive than Rafinha. And so now you would argue, why not a Rafinha who's a couple of million cheaper than a Sterling if he also gets the starts, right? So again, I think I think if we're kind of crystal balling, then Sterling comes in around 10 million, Rafinha is about 8 million. Yeah. And so you're thinking, I'd rather have the Rafinha who can then switch to a Saka or a Bowen or a Foden. It's just a nicer price point than the 10 million awkward price where you can shift to a Bruno maybe, but not much else, right? Yeah. No, no, I completely agree. And those awkward price points, they're the kind of players you target on like free hits and things, aren't they? Because you never get to own them, own them normally. Whereas, you know, every week it's, it's, it just doesn't work when you put them in there. They just look a bit awkward, don't they? But yeah, I think um, Chelsea are one of those teams where we're going to have our eyes open for those, uh, those transfers coming in because it's going to change an awful lot. Um, next team up, we do have Liverpool. So Liverpool have done some early business, to be fair. They got Fabio Carvalho in. They thought they were going to get him in in January uh, and then got him in this summer. Darwin Nunes, who... I was surprised they paid as much as they did for him, uh, considering he's had one good season so far, but then maybe they're thinking this is the start of something. Um, and then Calvin Rams, who's probably going to be um, uh, a bit of a you know no-go in terms of FPL, obviously. Uh, they haven't got any other rumours of players coming in at the moment, but they have got rid of Mane, uh, Minamino and Origi, um, and rumoured to sell his Salah as well, who I'm pretty sure that's just for contracts, but it is yeah. worth putting him on there. Um Mane is obviously a massive miss um, and he's probably one of the best players not really owned by people in the Premier League for the last couple of years because Liverpool have been so good. But Nunes is the one we need to talk about. What's your take on Nunes? Because I am... People are comparing him to Haaland and I'm not sure whether that's a fair comparison. 
Definitely not. Definitely not. I mean, he, firstly, we don't know. He will need settling time. Um, there is a th- thought process that says that Liverpool will move to this um, 4-2-3-1 formation where Firmino sort of plays off Nunes and then you have, um, you know, Diaz and, and Salah off them. I think I think we have to be a little bit careful of Nunes. It's great to have him. I think over time, he will be the nailed option from Liverpool and people will start to have conversations on why would you go Nunes, sorry, Salah for 13 million versus Nunes for nine and a half or 10, whatever he comes out at. Both Diaz and Nunes, I think, will be FPL options going forward. It's just at the beginning, def- he's not a Haaland, right? I mean, you're not going to captain a Nunes over a Salah or a Haaland. Mm-hmm. He needs to prove that. Yeah. And how that works in terms of dynamics with Firmino, you know, they're not just simply going to move to the 4-2-3-1. They'll probably do the 4-3-3. Some games Firmino starts, some Nunes starts, help him bed into the team. And then it really comes down to how quickly he settles in and how quickly he goes into the system. Yeah. So you think it's a bit risky to start with him then? You think you could start so. with Nunes, Trent and Salas, a lot of your budget, but those fixtures are there. And like you said, you wouldn't be captaining Nunes, but... If he's going to be playing pretty much every game to start with, not a bad shout? or Not a bad shout, but he's competing with Diaz. We know he's who's done it for the second half of last season. And then obviously Robertson. We talked about Robertson. He's still the go-to third, third yeah. Liverpool option, right? So you can't deny the fact that you have a limited budget at the beginning of the season. And if you're going for somebody who you know will deliver points, now Nunes may do slightly better, but he's also going to be... 1.5 times the price of a Robertson, maybe. So, you know, that's something that we need to keep in mind. Nice one. Right. Moving on swiftly to Man City. Now, we're not going to focus on Haaland too much because we did a video on Haaland a couple of weeks ago. You Feel free to go and have a look at that video as well because we literally spend 20, 25 minutes just talking about Man City's new striker. Um, they have brought in Calvin Phillips as well, who for me... Almost. Looks, yeah, sorry, almost. Um, looks yeah. like a bit of a squad player if they get him in in terms of he's not going to be starting every game. He's not going to be getting in ahead of Rodri. Uh, I don't know whether you think the same as me as well. Yeah. Um, but rumoured to buy Cucurella who I think could be a very, very good squad player for them, um, maybe starting for them as well moving forward. Saka has been linked with them, but I don't see that personally. Not anymore. But they have obviously got rid of Jesus, who who has played a lot of games in the last couple of years. Um, Rumoured to sell Sterling, obviously looks like he's going. Uh, Bernardo Silva, Sinjenko, uh, Ake and Gundogan. Now, the biggest thing for me when I look at this is it looks to me like he's got his team he, he loves his team. He's, he knows his first team. He knows his strongest team. But he's losing a lot of these fringe players. We're going into a season where there's five subs. And if anything, this looks the lightest I've seen a Man City team in quite a while. Especially if Sterling goes and Zinchenko, Ake. It looks like you know some of those players are going to be going as well. They look quite light. They do look light. I mean, this this when we were making this, and given that they're not rumoured with a lot of other players, the midfield especially looks light. I mean, let's think about the right side of midfield. So we've had Sterling play there, Jesus play there, and Mares play there. If S- Sterling and Jesus leave, you've pretty much got only Mares who plays there. Maybe Foden could play there. But if Foden plays there, who plays in midfield? The midfield three has typically been, obviously, Rodri, KDB, and Bernardo Silva. Now, Bernardo Silva is... Look, Barcelona really want him. Whether he goes there or not is a different question, but he would be a big loss. And who replaces him? Foden? Maybe Phillips plays the the two double pivot at the back, which Guardiola hasn't preferred typically. And then what does that mean for the left? Then all you have is Grealish on the left. So, look, I mean, it's a tricky one. Uh, they obviously have that Alvarez signing, but he's going to be kind of bedded in over, over the season. So it's more about Haaland is going to be the nailed guy. 
they've only got about four options across the, the you know the four or five guys behind it seems very light so if they sell silver i think definitely they will go back into the market for somebody else they were linked with gavi i don't think barcelona are selling their their gem no. but yeah man city look light i agree yeah i mean could this be the best thing ever for fpl managers could this be the best thing ever where they don't have a massive squad going into the season they just you know have a lot of youngsters that they maybe can't trust as much and and actually we're going to be able to pick players like mares who all of a sudden is going to be playing pretty much every game yeah, I, I don't think so. I think it's visual thinking. It's like, no, no. Yeah, it's not. I, look, we, as much as we may want that, either he'll promote from within or, you know, you'll see some signings. I mean, City have the money. If they can spend 50 million odd for a backup to Rodri, I think they can they can spend money and get somebody who they want in midfield. I think the one thing to talk about before we move off City is Cucurella. Yeah. So Cucurella obviously has outstanding numbers. He's a product of Barcelona. So somebody who obviously Pep loves. So you can see him fitting into the team really well. He knows the Premier League. So if you do see him fitting in really well, he plays on the left. You have Walker sometimes who plays on the right. So what does that mean for Cancelo's minutes? I mean, we did a video three weeks ago where Cancelo, you know, we said he'd, he'd started 36 games last season, over 3,300 minutes, which is insane mm. for a City player. He's going to eat up Cancelo's minutes. Now, he may be a good option regardless, but he's not getting 36 starts if Cucurella starts, right? Yeah, but or I, joins. I think it doesn't matter. I think if he brings Cucurella in, Cancelo will just start on the other side. Like, it, it, he's he's that integral to how City play, Cuc- uh, um, Cucurella, uh, Cancelo. I yeah. don't think it matters. I, 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 I do get it in terms of, I feel like he will eat into his minutes in terms of maybe sub-appearances or trying to give him a little bit of a rest at times, but... I don't know. Will that come in the Premier League? He loves playing him in the Premier League, doesn't he? I'd, or is uh, it just yeah. from necessity, do you think? I think he'll try out the the Walker Cucurella thing because you know Walker is not the gung ho. You see what you, what you have to consider is Cancelo goes forward and Walker sits back. They almost go to a three at the back. Mm-hmm. So if Cucurella and Cancelo both play, they're both sort of gung ho. Now, obviously, he can give instructions to sort of one of them to come in. Yeah. I think it will have negative implications. Of course, Cancelo would still be great. But the fear is that they price him up to 7.58. And then you are considering whether he's as good as a Robertson, he's as good as a James or a, or a Chilwell. So the, the bar is really high for Cancelo to keep up and sort of stay in our team. And I just worry a little bit on, on the impact of Cucurella. Yeah. Nice. Right. Well, we're going to move on to... Manchester United, hello. Um, and if anybody doesn't know, we are both Man United fans on the stream tonight. Unfortunately. Which, yeah, which was not intentional. Um, so at the moment, they haven't bought anybody, but it looks like the Frankie de Jong one is extremely close. Uh, Ericsson is kind of just in limbo at the moment. It, it seems like he's trying to decide where he wants to go, if I'm honest. I'd be quite surprised if United get in personally. I, I feel like he'd go away from us, but that's just me. Um, Timber, Pau Torres and Anthony all been linked. And there is the new lad who is apparently coming to us now as well. He was going Tyrell Melassia. That's the one, yeah. That's yeah. the one. Um, who I knew lots about before I heard him <laughs> today. Um, uh, so it looks like he's going to be coming as well. He's a left back, isn't he? Yeah. Um, but obviously Shaw's been looking good, so it'll be interesting to see where he, he fits in. We've sold Pogba. Uh, Lingard is gone and Henderson's gone on loan to Forest. Um, I think apart from Pogba there, none of those would have been playing regularly this season. Uh, but Pogba, could he make this team better by not being there? Good riddance. There. Uh, and then obviously rumoured to sell, big one is Ronaldo. You know, Ronaldo, could he go to Chelsea? Could he be that striker that they're looking for? Um, so first of all, De Jong, 
if he if he does eventually sign for us, which would be quite nice, does he does he solve our issues? He solves the issues. The main issue for Man United has been how do you get the ball in? How do you transition the move forward? Basically, we have been a pathetic team in midfield. There's nobody to link up the play from defense to attack. That's what Frankie De Jong does really well. And look, ultimately, you and I, we can only theoreticize on how, uh, you know, Ten Hag will play. Ten Hag knows him. He built him as a player. He knows how what a cog he will be in the team. From an FPL point of view, he himself won't be an FPL option, but he'll make others an FPL option. So Bruno doesn't have to come back as much because he, he's not playing with the useless Pogba anymore. Uh, he'll have a, actually somebody who can distribute the ball. So him and uh, Frankie de Jong can link up a lot better. Bruno can stay up front as the number 10 potentially even as a false nine. I mean, he did that with Tadic at Ajax. So I'm excited for Bruno in this formation because I feel like if you have Fred, Frankie de Jong and one more, whether that's Ericsson, whether that's uh, Van de Beek, that helps Bruno be part of the front three. And that will really unlock him as a fantasy option. See, I, I'm I'm so worried still about, about Bruno with Ronaldo there. Because it, Bruno, and he did it for Portugal as well, he, he's just more than happy to let Ronaldo be the man. Before Ronaldo was there, Bruno was like, he was the one saying, right, okay, yes, I am the one that has to take this game by the scruff of the neck. I am the one that's got to score the goals. I, you know, And as soon as Ronaldo's there, he does. <laughs> he's just happy to take that step back, isn't he? He's that kind of character and says, it's fine, you do everything and I'll just work for the team. And if Ronaldo's there, I can't see it changing. If he is, Even if he is part of that front three, I can't see that changing personally, but don't get me wrong. I'd love it to be wrong because we'd love to have Bruno as an asset again. And actually he's going to be cheaper next year based on the he fact will. that, you know, his, his output was nowhere near where it was the year before that. So if De Jong can unlock Bruno, then I think that's the biggest impact it has, isn't it? Um, I'd agree. I agree. But it'd be interesting to see whether he can even also unlock Sancho, unlock Rashford, unlock, you know, all these other players that we've got. Um, in terms of defence for United obviously we haven't signed anybody yet but a lot of people are talking about having to replace Maguire obviously we've got Shaw that's now got a little bit of competition as well because by the sounds of things Tellez is awful um, and uh, right backs obviously Wambasaka still at the moment uh, with Dallow kind of in the background there's a lot of you know a lot of positions that need changing isn't there um, I'm not looking at a lot of United players in my team to start with uh, and I don't think De Jong is one of those um, FPL assets we should probably be looking at not really. I mean, yeah. it, we're lucky that the fixtures aren't great, so you can sort of watch how this plays out. Now, I would say in defense, they are looking at, uh, you know, Martinez. There's there's links with Timber. There's basically an Ajax, you know, we can whatever we can buy from the cart. So hopefully one of those happens and that will improve the team a lot. And I think the other one is Anthony, uh, who would yeah. play on the right. If that happens again, an Ajax guy. Man United, for all their problems on the right, have never got a right footer, sorry, a left footer who plays on the right, basically a Rafinha yeah. or somebody like that. And so Anthony is a left footed right forward, exactly what you need. Now, he hasn't been prolific. He scored about eight goals and four assists last year in the Dutch league. But what he does is he unlocks the team a bit like Kulusevsky did with, with uh, Spurs, right? You don't have to have the prolific goal scorer. All he does is if he can bring the discipline, take that ball, pass it forward, make the right crosses, then you bring Sancho into the game, Bruno into the game, and Ronaldo. For what it's worth, I think Ronaldo will stay. Yeah. It was almost more like posturing, you know, get get going with the transfers. And I yeah, think yeah. with Frankie, he'll, he'll probably stay. Yeah. Lovely stuff. Uh, and last team is Spurs. Uh, now, Spurs have been 
fairly busy so far. And actually, I think they've had quite a good window so far as well. Uh, they've got Perisic in, they've got Basuma in, they've got Forster in, and it looks like they're going to be close to getting Richarlison in as well, who is rumoured to buy, but I think that's probably going into the latter stages now. Uh, and then they're linked with Bastoni, uh, Lissandro Martinez, uh, Eriksson, and Jed Spence as well. Uh, they haven't sold anybody, but they are rumoured to be selling Bergvine, Vinks, and <laughs> Vinks, Winks, and uh, Reggion as well. For me, I love the fact they're plugging gaps. You know, they're seeing gaps in their team and they're plugging them really well. Basuma, I think, is an absolute steal for what they paid for him. He's yep. not really an FPL asset, but I tell you what, Perisic could be an asset, couldn't he? He could. Uh, I mean, we'll, we'll do a more detailed video on wingbacks. And I was reading up on Conte a lot. And obviously, Conte worked with Perisic at Inter. Mm -hmm. He rotates his wingbacks a lot. I mean, he subs them off a lot. He rotates them a lot. Them I'm a lot more lukewarm on Perisic as an option. Mm -hmm. He will do great when he starts, but back in the time... So when he was at Inter, the five subs rule was was on there. And Perisic was subbed, on, uh, subbed off a lot. He basically rotated... Him and Young essentially played 60-40% of the games. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, you had Darmian and Hakimi. Again, they rotated about 60-70% of the game. So I'm very, very cautious. I don't think we'll have an opportunity like a Doherty, um, you know, like we had last season, just because there will be mass rotation. That's just my feeling. And and to be fair, I remember when Conte first came in, and they said that he works his wing backs to the bone. Like literally, they will yeah. be work and they will be expected to work so hard. So, like you said, for the minutes he plays, he'll probably do quite well. But when he's going to probably come in as a defender at around five point five, something like that, yeah, it, you're going to struggle to justify it if he's not getting the minutes when you've got to use that budget somewhere else. So it's going to be interesting. I think people that have him when he plays, they're going to be quite happy. It's just <laughs> trying to get him to play. Um, exactly. The big other thing here as well, I think, is Richarlison in terms of does he hurt Kulusevski? Because he's not going to hurt Son and Kane for me. He could be used as a Kane, let's rest him every now and again. But I do think it does hurt Kulusevski a little bit for me. Kulusevski came in and he did so well when he came in. He was that creator that took over Son's role. We've already spoken about that before in another video. But do you see Richarlison hurting Kulusevski or do you see him hurting the other two more? I'm going to go for the latter, actually. Are you? Okay. I, well, you know, he's he's a right footer. He'll play on the left side. So that's the sun side. Or he'll play up front in the on the cane role. So obviously, he's a utility player. He will play. But he's not coming in just to sit on the bench. You have Lucas Moura as well on the right for Kulusevsky's backup. I think Kulusevsky does a very, very important job. So it's not that he's just going to kind of shun him and say, okay, Richarlison starts here. I actually think you mentioned this, I think, a couple of pods ago, where Conte has basically said, I just cannot rely on Sun and Kane all the time. One of them, if he gets injured, the whole team dynamics don't work. I need a guy who can play the Kane role, who can play the Sun role. Bergwijn is leaving as well, so you could think he's deputizing, but Bergwijn hardly played any minutes under Conte. Mm. So I think if he takes minutes, he will eat up some of the minutes of Sun, because Sun subs off a lot anyway. But also the odd game, dare I say, where Kane doesn't doesn't start and Richarlison does up front. There has to be. I mean, because of Champions League, he just cannot play Sun and Kane every game for the rest of the yeah. season, right? Do you know what I do love about this signing, if they do get Richarlison, is he is a proper ego player. Like, he <laughs> thinks he's really good, doesn't he? Like, yeah, he's a good player, yeah, yeah. but he thinks he's like, you know, better Pele, doesn't he? And and you look, and I actually quite like the fact they've signed someone like that. I think I if you just bought somebody else that's saying, oh, you're going to be Kane when Kane's not playing, a lot of people would shrink in that. But I think Richarlison's going to absolutely love it. So it's going to be interesting to see how he plays in this team because Conte does get the best out of a lot of people. And I feel like Richarlison, that character 
will do well under Conte first, but it might fall out later on. But while it's going good, it'll probably be quite good. So um, I feel like that's a really interesting one. And obviously Ericsson as well there. Uh, Jed Spence, who I don't think he's yet he's yet to go anywhere yet, isn't he? He's not properly signed for anybody. Obviously still he's no. at Middlesbrough again now, isn't he? But we'll see where he ends up going. But um, yeah, lovely stuff. I mean, I think we've done quite well there. <laughs> I think we've done quite well. 25, 27 minutes. Absolutely perfect. It's not bad. Um, Praz, thank you so much for uh, for joining us again tonight. Obviously, we're, we're waiting. It could be next week, couldn't it? We're hoping it's next week. And if it's not, we'll just continue down the list of the other six, six or seven teams and their transfer activity, right? Exactly. Easy. It's easy. <laughs> Content creation is easy. <laughs> um, but lovely. And yeah, we will see you next week, potentially. Um, we may, I don't know what we're doing. Maybe we do a little bit of a launch video if it gets to that point. We'll wait and see, won't we? Yeah, we're open-minded and you'll get good content regardless. Exactly. So we will see you all next week. Thank you very much for watching and uh, have a lovely one. Bye-bye. Thank you.